Welcome to another edition of NACA's American Dream Podcast, a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America. With us once again, NACA founder and CEO, Bruce Marks. Bruce, we've had some incredible conversations recently about how this organization came to be, some of the things that have happened in the past, especially the campaigns, but we've only scratched the surface. Let's, let's talk a little more about, about some of the campaigns. We've gone over that, that fleet campaign that took four years, an incredible story there, but I know there's a lot more since then. Tell us about some of the other campaigns that have happened. So, Tim, uh, we've been through a lot of campaigns. I'll be all over the place on some of these, but uh, just to give you a little bit of a highlights on some of them. So um, one that comes to mind, um, Bank of Boston, right? So after the fleet uh, victory, you know, you know, there's articles written about who's the next target, who's the next target. So one of the next target was, um, you know, Bank of Boston. So, uh, you know, everybody has their, you know, an annual meetings, right? So, uh, the, uh, you know, Bank of Boston, which is not doing lending to the minority community, uh, you know, so they, you know, so we are taking them on, do the right thing, for them to do the right thing. So uh, their CEO was um, Chad Gifford. And so they were having their, their annual meeting um, at uh, the Federal Reserve Bank in Boston, right? So we buy stock in all the banks, right? So that gives us uh, access to uh, go into the banks, right? So we go into uh, the meeting at uh, uh, the, um, you know, Bank of Boston. Uh, you know, at the Federal Reserve, and we have about 35, 40 people out there, right? So, you know, Chad Gifford and his executives are on the stage, right? It's in the auditorium. And uh, so, you know, what do we do? We go up there, and we take his mic, and we tell him to sit down, and we take over the stage, right? We just take over the meeting. I mean, so he has his, all his senior management's there, all their stockholders are there, we just take over the meeting and we just you know you know just took the took the mic and you know 45 minutes we're talking about their practices predatory practices we have people testifying just it was a normal course of what we do and we uh, you know end up um, you know doing that meeting ends we're good right so um, you know a, a few few years later where we are negotiating uh, an agreement with uh, Bank of Boston, and it's about a $150 million agreement and all this. And, you know, so, you know, this is before their next an annual meeting, right? So, you know, because they're concerned we're going to do the same thing, right? And so, you know, I'm with, uh, Ch with uh, Chad Gifford, and uh, he says to me, I want you to apologize before I sign this $150 million agreement. And I said, what do you mean to apologize for what? He says, for what you did the last time. And for the life of me, I couldn't remember what he was talking about because this is what we do on a regular basis. We did that action and we went on to, uh, to, the, next to the next one, to, to something else. I said, no, I'm not going to apologize for that. But it, was, it got in his craw so much that he just couldn't let it go. And it clearly has bothered him for a long, long yeah. <laughs> period of time. So I said, no, no, you know, that's what we do. That's what you sign up for, you know, that's what we do. We're not backing off. So he signed the agreement and we got another $150 million for, for the NACA mortgage, the best mortgage in America. So that's just, you know, one example. Um, you know, we took on, so 
we always want to take on the biggest players out there. You know, so, you know, every campaign is different. So one of the biggest players after we beat Fleet was the Associates. And they were owned by Ford Motor Company. And the Associates uh, was the largest finance company, not just in the United States, but frankly in the world yeah, on this. They were all over the place, I remember that. They were just everywhere, right? So it says, okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna take them on, right? And they were generating about $4 billion in profits for, to Ford uh, every year. So this is a big, uh, big, big player. So we did the research, and what we figured out is that they had this scheme where they were um, getting people, so if you would go to a big um, you know, retail establishment um, and you would get a, you would get a um, consumer, you get a loan to buy this, you know, a TV or you know, some product. And you would get three of those, you know, three of those types of loans and then they would uh, revert that, mo that loan into, um, on something on a, a home equity loan or that kind of loan, which is a secured loan. So they take your three unsecured loans and they make it into a, um, a, um, um, a um, uh, secured loan. And what they were doing is they charged you a lot of points on that and a lot of fees. But then they, they could account, when they would uh, make that into a secured loan, then they could make, do this accounting gymnastic where they could uh, show that there's money coming in on those fees when there really wasn't. It was because people didn't actually pay the fees. They were financing them right. in that way. Alone. Yeah, so, but on their balance sheet and on their financials, it looked like that's actually cash coming in. So we did the analysis of their um, financials and said, you know, they're actually defrauding their investors. So, um, um, so they, we, uh, uh, so we actually got uh, an article in front page of the Wall Street Journal uh, about you know how they were defrauding their investors, not about how they were they were ripping off consumers, but how you know they're ripping off um, their investors, because the way that they got their money was that they would do it on their balance sheet. They would not do, uh, they would not. Uh, get additional loans based on their collateral or a, or any kind of securities. They would just do it on th off their balance sheet, so they wouldn't have to disclose um, their assets and how they're generating that money. But it was really paper profits, not not real profits. So we are doing a campaign, and so we go down to uh, uh, Irving, Texas, and they were very sophisticated. Actually, I am you know, going to take a step back. The first part of the campaign against them, and this was a multi-year um, campaign against them, was that uh, we, they were gonna have the first time that Ford Motor Company, because remember they're owned by Ford Motor Company, uh, was going to have an annual meeting outside of the United States. They were gonna do it in Canada. So we got vans to go, um, you know, we, you know, we all got on vans and we went to Canada. It was in uh, it was in Hamilton, um, Canada, outside of Toronto. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we've got vans coming from you know the Northeast and the Midwest. So we got vans going, through. and we have some of our staff people up there. You know, get, getting get getting prepared for this. You know, their their annual meeting, first time, and their CEO was Alex Alex Trotman. Uh, 
So we're going after him. And so uh, actually, uh, uh, some of, uh, a staff person who in one of the hotels was actually beaten up. Uh, he was uh, in, in his hotel room. He was actually beaten up. Uh, and you know, we we're convinced it came from uh, Ford on that piece by some thugs um, coming in. So we, uh, you know, but we have the, all the vans going, so you know, we rent the hotel rooms. And you know, so we're bringing flyers because they're, you know, the board of directors and all that. So we made sure that, you know, because, and they stopped all of our staff and our members uh, who are, who are a minority. They stopped them, checked all their bags. They didn't check all the bags or the f of everybody who was white. So we got them in. We knew that they were, because they're dealing in, you know, their, you know, racist um, practices. We go in there and they have, you know, their, all their board of directors there and we uh, protest, um, uh, you know, that at Ford. So that was a great success. It was pretty intense, but we did that. We, you know, had, I think, I think 50, 75 people doing that. And then we say, okay, so then um, it turns out that, you know, we, we actually had uh, more of an impact than what we thought. Because, uh, you know, we, we um, got a good news story on, you know, ABC News. You know, they did a big ex expose of um, the associates. Uh, and I remember they, uh, they, uh, did the, um, they did the interview. And um, so we were trying to think of how we were going to frame, you know, what Ford does. So I say to people, you know, I'm going to use the Jeffrey Dahmer analysis. Okay. So you know, you know Jeffrey Dahmer who kills people right, and cuts murderer, them up. Yeah. You know, cuts them up, puts them in the refrigerator and eats, you know, some of the body parts, right? So I said, well, that's the associates. Uh, you know, so here we are, and uh, we're, you know, I'm doing the interview about. Um, you know, the associates in Ford, Ford um, you know, Motor Company. My quote is, you know, they target someone, they, they, eat, they cut you up, and they spit you out. That's Ford Motor Company. And p people said, you can't say that. You, we, I said the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, that they are the Jeffrey Dahmers of life, <laughs> but they cut out the Jeffrey Dahmer. They just used the rest of it. So we got a lot of exposure on, uh, you know, on Ford's predatory practices because people didn't know that they were in, you know, the predatory financing um, area in a big way. Yeah, they were so so prevalent in those days. Like I said earlier, they were just all over the place, and I had no idea myself back in those days that, that they were owned by Ford Motor Company. Right, so we got, so it turns out because of our advocacy and what we did by exposing them, by having the stories written about them, and by what we did in Canada at the annual meeting, that they actually divested the associates. And their uh, chief financial officer had said that it's because of what NACA did that they divested. And that's a big deal. You know, $4 billion in profits every year is a big deal. Right. So now, but they're still out there. So then uh, we said, oh, well, we're going to have to, you know, take them on. So they're having their first annual meeting, right? Now, the Associates is a pretty sophisticated organization. So, you know, when you do a campaign, you got to look at the, at, at, the, at the organization and how they are organized. So when you look at Fleet, Fleet was not very well organized. It's sort of like 
they use strong arm tactics, sort of a mob mentality that, you know, if you don't do what they say, um, we're going to beat you up. You know, sort of that aggressive approach. That was fleet finance. The associates was very different. They were very sophisticated. So you could really predict what they were going to do because it was a rational of way of how they were going to maximize their profits or how they were going to show that they have, that they're making more than what they were actually making. But that was a way that you say, okay, what would make logic sense if you're sitting in their shoes, if you're standing in their shoes, standing in their shoes, what would be the logic, what we were, they were doing? And they would actually have virtual meetings, so they wouldn't actually have um, offices. Everything, they, they were really ahead of the curve on the technology that they were using uh, out there. But you, know, but you could predict there. You could predict what kind of lending they were doing, how they would do the financing. So, you know, we're um, uh, going to, so we're, they're going to do their first an annual meeting after Ford sold them off, because now they're a separate entity, in Irving, Texas. So we got a lot of people going there. We got, you know, we sued them. Uh, and then, um, you know, and then we um, had probably a couple hundred people going to uh, their meeting. Now, they were having their annual meeting in the hotel, so we rented rooms in the hotel, and we rented the conference room right next to uh, theirs. And uh, two days before, uh, I get a call, two or three days before, from their chief legal counsel, uh, Chester Longenecker III. And he says, uh, um, do you realize, you know, so we understand that you're going to be at the meeting, you know, you know, to do that. And our CEO, he's just gone through surgery. And so that he, very serious surgery, but you know, they, they took part of his uh, thigh, I think, a bone, and they fused it to his neck, and he's gonna be in bad shape. You know, I hope that you guys would be, you know, you know take that into account and, uh, you know, would uh, be, um, you know, careful, you know, because you know, he's, he's, he's sick. Well, you know, you know, I, I can't account for our members and people are pissed, you know, so, you know, yeah, we're nonviolent, but, you know, you know, you know, you know, he's, he's hurt a lot of people out there, so people are angry. So he said, okay, so, uh, so they met, so they said, so we agreed to meet on, uh, so the annual meeting was going to be on uh, Sunday. So we, we, uh, uh, so we meet on, um, um, I think it's, it's, it was either Sunday or Monday, but we meet on starting at 12 o'clock on Saturday, Saturday noon. So they had all their executives there, and we had, we, we had our people across the table. And w w w we negotiate this, and it is, uh, you know, I mean, it goes into the wee hours of the morning, two, one or two in the morning. Uh, and we worked out an agreement where if people made their payments on time, their interest rate would automatically go uh, be uh, reduced. So it was a really good agreement, so that uh, you know, so that you know, we didn't have to do anything. We we could document. Okay, you make your payments on time. Interest rate and your payments go down uh, after that. So we get that, and then uh, we uh, call. You know, so the CEO has to come on in at like two thirty in the morning to sign it. So you know, so he's coming. And he's in bad shape. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, come, comes in to sign it, and then we say, oh, uh, um, 
you know, as he's coming in, by the way, uh, we need half a million dollars for the lawyers um, <laughs> to, uh, for that piece. Not for NACA, but for the lawyers who have, uh, who have um, you know, um, filed the lawsuits. And, you know, so they agreed to that because the lawyers did all the right things and, right. you know, they should be uh, compensated. So um, that piece got done. And, you know, that's the same thing that, you know, so we, we always believe that, you know, when you, if you do the right thing by the lawyers, whether it's Roy Barnes, who, you know, becomes governor of Georgia and has been a really good partner with us, uh, who did a great job on uh, the, in the legal case with Fleet, or the lawyers uh, who did a great job uh, in terms of um, the, uh, the associates in the Ford Motor Company case, you know, they redeserve their money out there, but it also says to other lawyers, we're a good person to partner with. Because if you do the right thing, we will take care of you in the end. But we need lawyers who understand that they have an important function, but it's secondary to the advocacy and to the campaign. You know, that a lot of times people run campaigns based on the legal process. So we don't believe that we don't, and that takes years. So, you know, the, the depositions and the information that the lawyers can provide us is really crucial information and ammunition that we need uh, to, for, the, for the campaigns. And so that, w that uh, was, was another victory. I'll tell you one more uh, on this. <laughs> first union, uh, oh, first crazy. union. So, so you, want me to, you want to hear the story about the first union? So, you know, first union. So uh, um, it, it is probably, you know, it, it was, it's been merged out of existence now, but it's probably you know, one of the most racist in institutions out there. And they're big. So in Charlotte, there was a competition between Nations Bank run by, uh, run by Hugh McCall and First Union run by Eddie Crutchfield. So, um, when, so the meeting we had with uh, Hugh McCall at Nations Bank at that point, then they became Bank of America, was we were going to uh, a special meeting done by First Union, held by First Union Charlotte. Uh, as we're doing that, I put a call into, into um, Hugh McCall, but let's talk about First Union. So they are really a racist institution. Uh, they treat their employees, their minority employees, really, really badly. They do not lend to low moderate income people or to minority home buyers. So we coined the term Fast Eddie Crutchfield. He's the CEO. We call him Fast Eddie because he's so quick to get to rich people. So, you know, we're doing that, and he is buying, First Union is buying uh, First, First Fidelity Bank. Uh, it's a big bank in uh, um, the Philadelphia area. So we are protesting that because we buy stock, and they kept us out of the meeting. So we sued them, and we did the depositions, and one of the depositions we did was with Barbara Massa. Well, Barbara Massa is head of corporate communications for First Union. Well, but she has no files. So here we're doing the depositions, and she has no files. She has no personnel files. She's, got, she's supposed to deal with HR. She has no HR files. I said, well, what's going on? So I said, there's something here. So uh, we figured out, and, and she was just awful. I mean, she was just, uh, just uh, so every time that 
we would see her, we would bow down and <laughs> say, yes, master, yes, master. We would just make fun of this woman, just was, we didn't like her at all and didn't have any uh, you know, respect for her. So then we figured out that uh, she's having an affair with Eddie Crutchfield. So, um, uh, so, you know, we figured out this. So we got, uh, and he's going through a divorce. So we get a call from Barbara Massa saying, you know, you know, the protesters you have outside on a reg on like 24 hours, seven days a week outside Eddie Crutchfield's house where his ex-wife is, will you please take them away because he doesn't live there anymore? You know, so we figured out where he does live and we did both. We kept them where his ex-wife, who can't stand them, and where, uh, um, where he's living now, right? And then we did the Fast Eddie report. So the Fast Eddie report was really important because we took uh, a radius, a five mile radius of all the homeowners where Eddie Crutchfield owns, owns uh, homes. Mm -hmm. You know, he owns more than one home, right? And of course, we didn't call it First Union because we called them FU because we believe <laughs> in, you know, the acronyms, right? Mm. You don't say, you know, Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, you say NACA, right? So we think it should be, you know, really consistent. So it's NACA and going against FU, right? I mean, I think it's just fair to do right, that. Sure. So we did the Fast Eddie report. So the Fast Eddie report was, you know, was to all of the, his neighbors, right? Well, you know, rich people, you know, they need gossip, right? So <laughs> we feel we have a obligation to meet the needs of rich people because they have so much money, you know, you know, they don't need to work. You know, they, they don't take pride in their work. You know, you know, maybe they take pride in predatory lending or maximizing profits, but not in helping the, uh, helping the community. But they need gossip because they have, you know, when you have your social get-togethers, what are you gonna talk about? Right. So <laughs> the Fast Eddie Report had nothing to do with their racist or predatory lending practices. Uh, it had everything to do with the gossip. So, so we would just, Put, we would take the stuff we get off the uh, out of the divorce papers and you know documents, and we do our own research, and you know we'd expose how he's having an affair with Barbara Massa, and you know and all his other personal activities, because obviously his neighbors don't care much about his lending practices, but they love the gossip. Yeah. We got more calls from people saying, "I haven't gotten my recent Fast Eddie report." So, you know, to do that. So we're doing this, and we're just going after this guy. And they keep wanting to settle. Here, we'll, 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 do, we'll do $100 million of mortgage. No, no, we'll do, we'll do $150. I mean, I mean, they kept wanting to well, you guys stop this. Oh, no, this guy deserves it. We're having a great time in this campaign. We're just going, going right at it because this guy deserves it. Uh, and then, so finally, you know, we said, God, they, they gave us everything that we had demanded. Maybe we should just, uh, you know, accept this. So they sent this guy up. Um, I was in Washington at that point. And uh, he said, I am not allowed to leave until you sign this. So <laughs> it was a Thursday. So I said, so does that mean they'll pay for all of, uh, all of uh, your expenses while you're up in Washington? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, come back on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do that. But you know, the fast entry report to this day, you know, yeah. you know, it, it is um, a awesome document, and you know, 
you know, but it's called personal accountability, right? Right. And they have to be responsible for their actions, and what happens happens, right? On mm -hmm. that, right? And and you know what? It just it strikes me that it, it, I somehow it, it almost can't be coincidence. First Union would later merge into Wachovia, and then when the economy tanked. It, mar it merged into Wells Fargo. And boy, is that another story for another time. Yes. But we've got to put the wraps on this one. Thank you again, Bruce <laughs> okay, Marks. I'm loving all these stories. I, I'm, I'm sure you are too, and there's lots more to come. Thank you again. Please join us next time for our next episode of NACA's American Dream Podcast. We'll see you then. <laughs>